Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places from around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, you're listening to Marilyn Ball and Speaking of Travel here on News Radio 570 WWNC in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. And you can listen anywhere in the entire world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, you know, 20 years ago, if you had told me I would take be taking an overnight ferry to Croatia or walking through the Casbah in Morocco, I would have laughed. In fact, the old me was far from being an adventure. But you know, travel changes you. Every trip you take is a chance to learn more about yourself, the world, and the way you choose to interact with it. You're given the opportunity every time you get in the car or board a plane or sit on a train to find something completely new and inspiring, if you can be open to it. Well, sometimes when the timing is right, when the events line up in just the right way, you can recognize the moment that that change happens. Sometimes it can be profound. You can find your life purpose in the interaction with a young child with no shoes in a market in Cuba. Sometimes it's small, like discovering you love risotto and you're inspired to learn how to make it. Well, these changes, large or small, alter us as individuals if we let them. And the really cool thing is that it can be contagious. In a time where we're fed a narrative that the world is so dangerous, that those who think differently than us are wrong, where we're led to believe that people are devious, these moments of transformation are a blessing. They have great power, even in small doses. The power... to really transform the world one person at a time. Well, my guest today is about to feel the changes. In just a few weeks, she's setting off on an open-ended journey to explore the world. She's putting all her stuff in storage, leaving her old life behind to start a new chapter. Tess Viglan was a longtime host with Public Radio's Marketplace, but she walked away from that dream job a few years ago and has since been moving beyond the predictable boundaries of her comfort zone and testing the waters outside. She's a woman in motion, and I'm thrilled to have her on the show today. Welcome, Tess. Thank you so much. Oh, Marilyn, that was just the most beautiful introduction. Everything you said there about travel and and about changing the world, you gave me goosebumps. Thank oh, you for having thank me on the you. Show. Well, listen, Tess, let's, let's start there, the comfort zone. Tell us a little bit about that comfort zone that was your life up to just a few years ago. I had the most incredible comfort zone for a little over two decades. I was in public radio as both a reporter and uh, for a good chunk of it as an anchor. And uh, it was my dream job. It was exactly what I wanted to do when I left college. I went to journalism school, and I wanted to be famous on the radio. That was, that was like, my goal. Uh, don't ask me why. There's all kinds of psychology wrapped up in that. But... Um, you know, I, I ended up doing it. I worked really hard and ended up getting my dream job when I was 32 years old. Uh, as you mentioned, that was at a program called Marketplace. It's a business and economics show heard by some 9 million people each week. And uh, I just, I could not believe every time I sat in front of that microphone that I got to sit in this chair. It was what I always wanted to do. And so I was at Marketplace for a little over a decade, and almost exactly three years ago, in the fall of 2012, I left. And I had no idea what I wanted to do next. 
Um, you know, I, I'm very circumspect about why I left, uh, but no one leaves their dream job when everything is hunky-dory at the office. So I decided to leave, and, you know, the problem is when, when you are at kind of the pinnacle of your career, you don't spend a lot of time thinking about what else you might want to do. So I kind of looked around, and I was like, I, I'm not sure what I want to do next. So I actually just left without having anything else lined up. This is not what we're supposed to do, right? right? This is never what we're supposed to do, but I did it anyway. And so uh, a few months later, I gave a speech about how hard that had all been, um, leaving and kind of flailing around uh, as I basically freelanced for a while. And unbeknownst to me, an executive editor from Random House was in the audience that day I gave the speech, and 11 days later I had a book deal. So for the last two years, I was working on a book, and that just came out at the end of August. It's called Leap, and it's about leaving a job with no plan B to find the career in life you really want. Wow. And that's, that's what I've been trying to do. Now, you know, I, I can't say for sure that I'm, I'm there 100%, but the last three years has certainly given me an idea of what I want this next chapter to look like. Well, I, you know, I was in the audience, Tess, that day that I you know. gave that speech. <laughs> it was an epic uh, summit there at the World Domination Summit in Portland, Oregon, and it was my first time being there. So, oh, you know, too. oh, yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know anybody. I went all by myself. And, you know, talk about goosebumps sitting in the audience. You know, you're hearing it from my perspective now, sitting in the audience. We all felt that you you were talking to all of us, that we were all in that situation. We, you know, So many people who were there at that conference had left their dream jobs or wanted to leave right. a job that they were not comfortable in and, and were looking at how can we really bump up against the walls of our comfort zones. And yeah. I'll never forget when you... Uh, while you were talking, you actually, uh, if I recall, you started to get quite moved because you were yeah. scared. Uh, yep. you, you had just found out you hadn't gotten a job that you had hoped for right. that was going to lead you to your next direction. And suddenly here you were with this whole audience of people who were in the exact same place. It was it was quite a moving moment. Oh, uh, Marilyn, I can't even explain for you what it was like from the stage. And, you know, for those people who haven't been there, this is, this is a crowd of almost 3,000 people in a giant auditorium in Portland, Oregon. And as you noted, I had just been through a long process that would have, and I thought would, lead to the second dream job, which was as an anchor with Weekend All Things Considered on NPR. And I really thought I was going to get it. And a week before the speech, I didn't. So all of a sudden, I didn't have the happy ending that I knew everyone was going to expect from me telling this story of leaving my other dream job. And when I went out on that stage, I was like, nobody's going to care about this. Nobody wants to hear you know, the story without the happy ending. Nobody wants to hear that this has all been really hard. All they want to hear is that, oh, follow your passion and the riches will come. And that's not the story that I told from the stage. But I got to tell you, within about five minutes, I started to feel that audience. I swear to God, it was like they were lifting me up on that stage. It was like people, people were just accepting that this was my story, that this was my truth, and that this was the way it went. And that it was a little more honest than some of the rah-rah stuff that you hear at events like that. And I, I will take that moment with me for the rest of my life, 
that honesty and vulnerability and just being you in all your beauty and your ugly is just fine with everybody else. Well, I can tell you. And it's, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a most extraordinary moment. I wish everyone on this planet could have that kind of moment. I agree. And I've told that story so many times, I can tell you, because it inspires so many people. And when you talk about that lifting up, we all felt we were lifting ourselves up, too. I walked away yeah. from that conference, from that summit, really thinking, what what is it that I want to do in my most like you said, my most vulnerable self, my real authentic me self, what would I really love to do? And I can tell you, Tess, you know, never in my entire lifetime or my career would I have thought of being on this side of the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) So you inspired me too, just being able to, to talk about your career and your dream job and what you always love to do. And, you know, processing that, I think all 3000 people who were sitting in that audience were able to start that process. Well, that that would just be the dream of a lifetime for me to to have that kind of impact on people. And you know, the, the funny thing is, people, I, I you know, I, I think we are so afraid to share our failures, and we're so afraid to share our fears. Um, and that's basically what I did because I had reached that that point in this process where I felt like I had no more to lose. I had just lost the biggest opportunity of a lifetime, and I had walked away from the opportunity of a lifetime. So I was like, ah, screw it. I'll just get out there and (laughs) tell them my story, and I don't care about anything anymore. And so I got out there. And, you know, it's not like it was some downer speech, but but it certainly wasn't a everything is is fabulous speech. Um, And what I learned is that, you know, we we, we all want to believe that we are special, and we all are, and that our lives are unique, and that nobody else is like us. But at the same time, we all crave belonging, and we all crave knowing that there are other people going through the pain that we are. There are other people going through the existential crises that we are. Absolutely. So, you know, we want to be unique, and yet we want to be the same as everybody else so we don't feel bonkers. Exactly. Well, when we come back from the break, let's pick up there and go on to the travel adventure coming up. All right. All right. Thanks, Tess. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel here on News Radio WWNC here in Asheville, North Carolina. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Hi, it's Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel here on News Radio 570 WWNC in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. And you can listen anywhere in the entire world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, we're having an incredibly wonderful conversation here with Tess Viglin, who was a longtime host with Public Radio's Marketplace. And Tess, I can't tell you how exciting it is to be on this end of the microphone interviewing you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I find it hard to believe that you've only been doing this for a couple of years, Marilyn. You're a pro already. Thank you so much. You know, we were talking about that epic uh, World Domination Summit in Portland, Oregon, which happens every year in July. And that particular year, it was it was 
so special. It was my first time there. You gave your speech. There were other people there who were just so inspiring. And, you know, a lot of life-changing happened. And you had mentioned that in the audience that day, I mean, talk about serendipity, there was a, what was it, a book publisher? Yeah, an executive editor from uh, from Random House. So what happened? Did he come up to you after <laughs> and go backstage and start talking to no. you? No. Um, in fact, I heard from him via email. He sent me a note through my website that night. So I gave the speech on a Sunday morning, and, and he sent a note that night. And he says, you know, hey, you know, I'm... I'm an executive editor with Random House, and I was in the audience when you spoke today, and I think you have more to say. And I'm kind of reading this email. I was at my parents' home. They actually live in Portland, and I was staying with them. And I I read this to them, and I was like, this can't be real. This this just can't be real. This is a joke. Um, But it was not, and we ended up uh, chatting over the next few days, and he was in a rush to get out of town uh, to go on vacation, and so basically, with eleven days later, we signed papers for a book deal. Eleven days later. Eleven days later. <laughs> oh man, yes, it was so crazy, Marilyn. I can't even tell you. It was surreal. It was absolutely surreal. This doesn't happen to people. No, this just does not happen to people. There was a lot of karma going on, like good stuff, yes. good karma going yes. on all around. It was like we were in this aura of, you know. Just serendipity and connectiveness and like-mindedness. There was just so much going on. It was that was perfect. So, what did he want you to like focus on? Well, you know, it's so funny that to having been through this book writing process over the last couple of years, I see how much changes over time. And when he he basically said, you know, we all hear that, you know, you should never stay in a job that isn't good for you and that you should follow your passions and that everything will work out if you just let the universe work its magic. And he said, you're the first person I've heard who said, no, actually, this is a really difficult process to go through mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And he said, also, you know, most people don't leave without having something else lined up. And my response was, yeah, I mean, I used to tell people on my show. So, so the last six years I was at Marketplace, I had a personal finance call-in show um, where the listeners would call in and we'd talk about their finances. And I, and I would give advice and I would have guests on to give advice. And... I mean, people would call in saying they wanted to quit their jobs, and I would be, I would be like, no, don't do that. You got to have something else lined up. You got to have a big plan. You got to make sure that you have all your ducks in a row. I mean, I was that person telling everybody else that they could not do what I ended up doing. And I think what he was looking for, and what the book eventually ended up being, was permission to not do it the way everybody tells you you have to do it. You know, we all grow up with this narrative of what our lives are supposed to look like, of how they're supposed to turn out, of how we figure out whether we've been successful or not. And I just kind of flipped that on its head and said, you know, I did it differently. And I talked to a lot of other people. I talked to like 80 other people who had also left their jobs without having something else lined up. And, you know, we, we did it the way we weren't supposed to do it. 
and we did it the way you always hear is going to be a complete disaster for you, financially, emotionally, career-wise. And what you learn is that getting outside of, you know, that, that comfort area that you mentioned earlier, that comfort zone, stepping outside that, and, you know, it's the whole taking a risk thing. It is scary. It is so scary. But when you get outside of that narrative that you're supposed to live, all of a sudden, you find out that there are options. And that, in fact, when you take a risk, sometimes it leads to something better. And as scary as that is, it also, you know, it's, it's that whole cliche of, what is it, you know, when the door closes, the window opens, or window closes, the door opens, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. It's true, but you just have to sit in that really super uncomfortable space of uncertainty for a while and just let yourself figure things out. We are ingenious as human beings, and we figure it out. And we have, you know, our support groups. That's something yes. that I think people forget sometimes is that, you know, you've got your friends and your your former colleagues and your family. And, yep. you know, you're not in a vacuum. It's not like you're suddenly just in this teeny tiny room all by yourself going, right. oh, my God. You know, the, although sometimes it does. Feel it does like that. feel that way. Absolutely. <laughs> and yet, if you just reach out and say, hey, I'm like you did. I mean, you reached out to 3,000 people. You know, yeah, each of us strangers. could reach out to three people and yes. and get that kind of affirmation that we need and that kind of acceptance that we yearn for to be yes, accepted. And, and I think it's especially when you are doing it differently. So, you know, I, I think it's such a wonderful idea to just uh, you know, just reach out, as you just said. It really is. People want to hear your story, and they want to hear how you're doing and, you know, again, the processes that you're going through. And, um, you know, wh- whether it's people you know or whether it's people perhaps you don't know, you know, the, the, the most remarkable thing for me was how many people I heard from across the globe when they either saw or read or heard my speech People who said, you know, this is something that I did, but I felt like I was crazy. And thank you for saying that it's okay to do this. And, you know, you, you can't be stupid about it. You, you know, you have to have your financial ducks in a row and that sort of thing. But, you know, that can, all, that can always be an excuse for not making a change. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I just I think that people don't do something like this because it's not what you're supposed to do. Well, I think people say in their head, do I keep doing what I've always been doing or challenge those old assumptions and try new approaches to, right. you know, to problems and to my life? And, you know, but it it is that initial stepping out and saying, I'm going to do this. I did that myself. I was with the company for 18 years. You know, things were changing. The industry was changing that I was in the the owner was not retiring as he had said he was going to, which we'd always had this backup plan where I would eventually take over the company. And yeah. I found myself in this very, very, I felt desperate. 
Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Where's that pier that I should be walking out where the boat is waiting for me? And, right. <laughs> you know, as time went on, it was like, I'm not seeing this boat. I think I'm going to have to make a raft, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just kind yeah. of jump off and hope for the best. And I did. And it was really one of the most scary times of my of my life in so many ways. But I did it. And, you know, here I am six years later. I have my own company. Things are going well. Knock on wood. There you go. But I know that it, you know, taking that initial risk. So when you were doing, how many people did you interview in the course of these couple of years? Um, I talked to about 80 people Mm -hmm. who had also left their jobs without having anything else lined up. So you heard from a lot of you heard a lot of stories. Yes. Yes. And I guess over time you start to realize, you know, we all are in that same kind of place in our head that jumping off, taking that risk is really, really hard. It is. Of course it is. You know, uncertainty is not a comfortable emotion to have to deal with. Um, you know, we all want we all want our lives to just go along the way they're supposed to. Right. <laughs> you know, who, who doesn't want that? Absolutely. But, you, know, you find that when you take a risk, sometimes that's the best thing that you could possibly do for yourself. Right. Well, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there and talk about that risk factor and getting on a plane and taking an open-ended trip around the world, Tess. All right. <laughs> all right. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to Speaking of Travel here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Hi, it's Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel here on News Radio 570 WWNC in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. And you can listen anywhere in the world on your free iHeartRadio app. And be sure to check in on my Facebook, Speaking of Travel Facebook page, where there's information about travel and travel tips, and you can listen to the podcast. Well, you know, Mark Twain once wrote, 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones that you did do. So sail Uh away from the safe harbor, explore, and dream. And I'm talking today to Tess Vingard, Vigland, not Vigard, I've got it, Vigland, yeah, (laughs) We're talking to you from, where are you, in Pasadena, California? Yes. But not for long. For the last uh, 11 years. 11 years. So you are literally getting on a jet plane, not sure when you're coming back again. Yes. What is going on, (laughs) Tess? Tell us a little bit about how this transformation has happened. You were writing a book. You completed the book. You had a big book launch. I was following that. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, I'm leaving on a jet plane. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I've had a wanderlust my whole life um, that I think just was kind of sitting there in the background for a really long time. And right as I was finishing the book earlier this year in January, February 2015, 
I went on a trip with my father and a medical team from Oregon uh, to Peru. And they went deep into the Andes to serve a population that really has no modern medical care. And I spent several days with that team and with this population. And I, I watched minor miracles happen. I mean, it was, it was actually, you know, fairly, fairly normal, regular surgical stuff for our world. Down there, it was science fiction. It was absolute science fiction. They were making it so that children who had never walked could walk, just with some, you know, some, some surgery that, again, here would be kind of par for the course for kids. And in addition to seeing what was happening with the medicine, what I, what I really observed in the clinic, in this community, was a joy among people who, by any standards, have nothing. They have nothing, absolutely nothing. And yet there was this, this joy about them. And it affected me so deeply. I can't even tell you. I cried every day while I was there. And I cried for two weeks when I got back. Mm. And all of a sudden, all I wanted to do was explore, um, was explore the world, was explore the why of this. Where does that come from? What is that? And I just couldn't get it out of my head, out of my system. And so I fell in love with Peru. (laughs) And over the next few months, um, I just kind of looked at my life. You know, I I had hit the reset button on my career. And all of a sudden, you know, I, I think it had been coming for a while, but it felt like suddenly I wanted to hit the reset button on everything, hmm. on everything in my life, not just my career. And so um, I am right now in the middle of packing up my house. It's sold. Um, I am uh, undoing my marriage. And I am leaving on December 10th for Southeast Asia. And I literally do not know when I'm coming back. I have a one-way ticket to Saigon. And what I want to do is tell stories. I want to go somewhere where people, you know, live lives completely different than what I'm used to, than what I know. And I want to explore that. And I want to talk to people who, you know, have lived lives that are just so different from mine. And I want to see what brings them joy. Um, This is not something that I ever would have imagined I would ever do. This is so not me, or at least it's not the old me. But the last three years since I left, you know, my dream job have been utterly transformative. I feel like a different person. Um, And this is part of all that. You know, I think I just feel a need to go. I just want to go. And I'm very fortunate. I know how fortunate I am to be able to do this, to be able to make these decisions and to be able to travel uh, and have it work out. But, you know, even for all the practicalities of all this, I still, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before. I don't speak the language. I don't know a single soul in that whole area of the world. Um, but that's kind of how I want it right now. 
I want to be, you know, this, this whole notion of uncertainty, of being uncomfortable with things, I've started to thrive on it. And now I just, that's, that's the feeling that I want to keep. I want to be uncomfortable. I want to be learning all the time. I want to be challenged all the time. And so, uh, yeah, as you said, I am literally leaving on a jet plane and I do not know when I'll be back again. Wow. Well, you know, I, th- I think in, in the two and a half years that I've been doing this show and, and interviewing people about their travel experiences, you, travel is, you know, really taking that leap of faith. It's especially yeah. when you're going to cultures where you're unfamiliar, but even people I've interviewed right here in Western North Carolina who have never left Appalachia and taken yeah. a road trip out to the Grand Canyon, they might as well might as well have been going to the moon. You right. know, it was just it, so the impact here of being able to not just step outside of your comfort zone, but really looking at your life in that transformational aspect. And you know what I think, too, is that what you're talking about, taking the risk, pushing yourself, reaching those limits is a form of a, a, a form of inertia. You know, it's right. It's part of that breaking the inertia. It is. Yes. And yeah. traveling is going to it's going to just it's going to change your life. It's going to change our lives because you're going to give us information as you're there on the ground talking to people and telling stories. We're yeah. going to be able to to learn and be inspired as well. Are you planning on what what are you planning on doing over there? Are you going to write in your journal and and tape things? <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm a journalist um, it, by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be continuing to do, I'm going to do um, what you do. I'm, I'm going to do a podcast that will be kind of like a weekly audio diary of what the whole experience is like. Um, you know, I'm hoping I will also uh, be filing uh, for, you know, I write for the New York Times and the Guardian and, uh, you know, hopefully still doing some radio stuff. Um but, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe there's another book out of this. Maybe there are some magazine pieces. Maybe it's just blogging. Um, I'm going to set up a new website that is dedicated to this. Uh, and I've also been teaching myself photography. So I'm trying to kind of bring that into my set of skills. And, you know, maybe I'll be doing some photo essays along with audio. You know, I, I don't know. I, I have all these skills that I gathered over 20-plus years in a career. And now I'm just going to start experimenting with them, Um, experimenting with how to use them, how to use social media to publish. I just saw an article recently by um, a writer for National Geographic that I just thought was brilliant. He said, you know, when we go out and do stories, there's so much that we end up having to leave on the cutting room floor. You know, because you get a focus for your magazine piece and, you know, but you have all this other stories that you gathered. And so what he started doing was he started putting those stories on Instagram, mm. which we all think of as just a place for photography, right? Right. But no, he actually, so he will designate a hashtag and write, he'll put a, a photo with, with, you know, a couple of paragraphs and he'll do several of those. And that will be kind of a, an extra sidebar story that he does out of out of his reporting. And I love that idea. So I may experiment with that. And I'm on Instagram um, and Facebook and all that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know what it will look like. Uh, but that's part of the beauty of it is that 
I no longer have any expectations <laughs> of what I'm supposed to do and what it's supposed to look like. And so I hope that I can do a lot of experimentation and figure out, you know, what, what strikes people, what people uh, want to hear, what they want to read, and what makes me feel good. You know, it's it's a whole new it's a whole new world. It's a whole new oh, you. Yes, it it's is. it's so great. Well, listen, when we come back from the break, Tess, I want to talk a little bit more about this and and also get an idea of um, I don't know just how you were able to make this happen. Not just in your sure. head, but you know, selling selling your house, breaking up with your marriage, the whole package. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Hi, it's Marilyn, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel here on News Radio 570 WWNC in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Well, my guest today, and we've been having such a great time, is Tess Viglin, who was a longtime host with Public Radio's Marketplace and a a radio personality in your own right, Tess. And here we are talking to each other on the radio. I just love it. I know. I love it. It's really great. So, Tess, we're we're wrapping up the show, and we're talking about your open-ended journey. And you you were talking about, you know, you've been given this a lot of thought. You've, you kind of set your intention that you were ready to, to feel the pain almost, if you will, of, yeah. you know, yep taking that risk. Tell me a little bit about what it was like to let go of your house. I just moved after 38 years. It was very hard, but I did it. How did, how did you go about selling your house and making these changes? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, there's just so much to unravel. And, you know, quite frankly, Marilyn, I am, I am in the thick of it right now. And I'm I am emotionally and physically and everything overwhelmed with everything that is happening and, 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 and all the changes in my life. But, you know, it is what it is, and it's all happening at once, so I'll just get it all over with. Yeah. It's like ripping off a Band-Aid. <laughs> uh, but I've been in this house um, with my, with my soon-to-be ex-husband for 11 years, mm. And it's the first house that we, uh, and only house that we ever bought. Um, and I love this house. It's 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 the most wonderful house, and I have all these incredible memories uh, that were made here, and I will always have those memories. Um, as far as selling it, uh, we are very fortunate that right now the real estate market in Southern California is as hot as it was 10 years ago. Mm. And so our house, we put it on the market, and it sold in two weeks. Wow. And, um, yeah, and for, you know, for asking, which we actually asked more than what we thought we would get. Sure. So, um, so really, you know, when we talked about, when we talk about practicalities, you know, I think you noted very early on that I'm putting all my stuff in storage. Um, and what is making this trip possible is, is the sale of the house. And I mentioned earlier that, you know, I spent many, many years in personal finance. And so I know, I know very well 
that what I should be doing with this money is putting it in a retirement fund. That's the smart thing to do. That's what I should do so that I don't eat cat food when I'm 80. That said, I right now am not living for retirement. I am living for my life right now. And yes, again, that's taking a risk. Um, but this is what I have to do right now. And I feel that in my bones. And if I've learned nothing else over the last three years, it's that I have to listen to myself. Yeah. I have to listen to my guts and my instincts because that's, that's what prompted me to leave my dream job. And look what happened out of that. You know, now I'm not saying that everything is going to be hunky dory from here on out. I have no idea. It could totally fall apart. I could get to Vietnam and decide that I don't like it and I hate the heat and I come back in a month. I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, I, I, I'm open to that. I'm open to kind of whatever, whatever feels like it needs to happen. And um, that's not something that I really used to listen to. And I do now. So, so far, things have been falling into place. Not falling into place. I, you know, I've been working to make things happen. And it's hard. It's really hard. Ending a marriage is really hard, but it feels like the thing I need to do right now. And we will always be friends. Always. And I'm super grateful for that. Um, leaving all my friends, leaving my parents is unbelievably hard. But at the same time, you know, I'm a plane right away. And I will be here in a heartbeat. I will come back in a heartbeat if I need to. Um, and I also live in a time, we live in a time where, you know, I can Skype with them. I can FaceTime with everybody. I can, you know, we have Facebook and we have Twitter and we have all these ways to stay in touch over, you know, around the globe. And so it's scary. Sometimes I feel like I'm totally insane. But... You know, I'm doing what I feel like doing right now, and even with the even with the feelings of insanity, I feel in my bones that this is right, that this is what I need to do right now, and I'm super super excited. I can't I can't even believe I leave in. I leave three weeks. I leave in three weeks. I leave December 10th. <laughs> wow. Well, I love that you set the date. You know, you set your attention. You said this is how it's going to unfold. Yeah. Here are the things yeah. that I need to do. I'm going to check them off my list, and I'm going to make it to December 10th, and then I'm going to get on that plane. really, really, really long. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my to-do list is... Just completely bonkers right now. <laughs> well, all the more reason that I appreciate you so much taking your time and being on my show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Well, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to me. I know that it will be inspiring to my my listeners. You know, I I, I interviewed a, a family not too long ago. The uh, woman, I believe she was from Bulgaria, and her husband was from Poland originally. They live here in Asheville with two kids. They were eight and ten years old. And she had a gut feeling that they needed to travel, that they needed to take a sabbatical. And they it took them two and a half years to get all their ducks in a row to make that happen. But they did it. Their kids were 10 and 12 when they left. And she said, you know, in talking to them, uh, it was amazing because they they ended up they went to uh, Southeast Asia to begin their journey. That was going to be a one year sabbatical that ended up being two and a half years. They just couldn't stop. And when I asked her 
and you'll appreciate this, you know, she was talking about being somewhere really far out. They didn't go to like big cities. They went way out into very, very rural and, and sometimes a little sketchy areas. And I said, how, yep. how did you feel as parents with these two children that, that everything would be okay? And, you know, you're responsible for them. And she said, we just trusted that everything yes. would be fine. And that is what our children learned on this whole trip, was how to trust. Yes. yes. And, you know, those kids are now going to be set up for a life where they have less fear. Right. Where they, you know, where they trust their own instincts and where they understand the world that they live in. And I just, you know, if I if I had one message for anyone, and, you know, I, I, it is, you know, first of all, do do follow your, your instinct, because it is almost always right. And second of all, yeah, that travel really is, it changes you in so many ways. And I think only for the better, only for the better. I mean, you know, what, what my experience in Peru did for me was, basically allow me to say, you know, this is something I really want to do. This is something that I feel in my gut I have to go explore. And had I never gone, and had I, had I never quit my job, there's no way I would have gone on this trip. I just wouldn't have done it. And so, you know, one thing leads to another, and you find that it's really all about the adventure. And if you are not having some sort of adventure in your life in some way, shape, or form, it doesn't have to be a trip around the world, but, you know, travel to the next town and explore it and see what it's like and meet new people because, you know, we only get one trip around the sun. Yeah. And you might as well take advantage of being here. And everybody I've talked to, you know, it's it's those people that you meet around the world and and right in your own backyard, you know, just by taking a trip someplace close by, you meet new yes. people. Some of my dearest friends are people that I met just by happenstance, you know, sitting in a salt cave someplace. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Or in a coffee house. Or in know? a coffee house. Well, Tess, you tell, us, tell us how we can follow you. Well, um, as I said, I'm putting up a new website, uh, and it's going to be called TessUntethered.com. <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, I'm on Facebook, and, I, you know, I love when people friend me, so go ahead there. Or, you know, you can go to my author page and like it, but... I don't really interact with that one so much. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and, I, you know, I'm on Twitter, at Tess Bigland, same thing with Instagram. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm all over social media, so you can find me right. there. Right. Well, Tess, I just can't thank you enough. And I wanted to say, you know, you really are... Um, <clears throat> You're stepping out of that comfort zone, even on, you know, on such a, a larger level than you were even three years ago when you think about I know. it. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, that's, the change is just enormous. Um, but I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it. Because, again, you know, we only get one shot at this life. And you might as well do what you feel like you need to do. And I'm just, 
I can't even believe that this is what's happening. I can't believe it's only been three years since I left my job and everything that's happened since then and how much I've changed since then. And I just cannot wait to get started on this grand adventure. Well, you know, like I said when I was quoting Mark Twain a few minutes ago, 20 years from now, you're going to be more disappointed by the things you didn't do yep. than by the ones you did. So exactly, you are totally doing it, Tess. I can't thank you enough, and I wish you just safe travels. I can't wait to hear more about about your journey and and look at your pictures and hear your stories. Thank you so much, Marilyn. It's just been a delight to talk with you, and I'm just so glad that you're spreading the gospel of travel. Well, you thanks. Know, let's, let's all be world citizens. That's exactly right, and especially now in our world, we all need to come together and, you yep. know, imagine what it's like for all to be one. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Me too. All right, Tess. Well, safe journeys. Go do your thing. And thank you, Marilyn. We're going to be all backing you and cheering from from over on this side of the pond. (laughs) Okay, come visit me. I will indeed. Thank you, Tess. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel here on News Radio 570 WWNC. And don't forget, don't postpone joy.